Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the word? I I tell you, it's so amazing to me. I said to the pastor, after tonight, we've only got one more day. What's up with that? Y'all come on home with me. I don't think Pastor Craig would appreciate that, but you know my heart behind that. I have so enjoyed getting to be with you. And listen, we got three more services. You know what God can do in three more services? Yeah, lots, lots and lots and lots. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Turn with me, if you would, uh, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word. Uh, Brother Joel, that's good preaching. That's good preaching, man. That's good preaching. Now, how many of you know our inheritance, that which belongs to us in Christ, we don't have to pray about it. You don't, you don't ever have to pray about what belongs to you. The only, the only way you may ever pray about it is look to him for wisdom of how you can better cooperate if you're not making a connection somehow. But you're not praying to try to get more of it. That it it already belongs to you, but how to better cooperate. Many times we don't realize that there's something we need to adjust or correct. A way of thinking, maybe a way of speaking, a way of approach. Um, But And that's really just asking Him for wisdom. And wisdom is the principal thing. Let me tell you this. If you're believing God for something and it seems to be delayed, in the sense of you can tell whether your hand of faith is holding it or not. Even though it hasn't manifested, you can tell if your hand of faith is not, you go, it's good as mine. It's mine. I know. But there are times when you recognize, ah, I'm, I haven't made that connect. I, I'm with my hand of faith. I can tell that I might, I might have a bit of a hold on it, but it's loose. It's not a firm hold. And you can tell that there's not advancement. There have been times, you know, if things aren't changing and you're believing God over a period of time, there's, there, talk to God about it. Don't just keep doing, just don't keep going a way that's not fruitful. And uh, so when, you, when that happens, be aware of that. Be sober about that. And uh, then ask God. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. I heard Dad Hagen say that, make this statement once, and he was talking about pastors that, um, excuse me, when he was pastoring before he, his traveling ministry really began. And he said, uh, when someone wasn't receiving what has been provided, he said, I realized this, if I would pray long enough in the spirit, God would show me why. And he was talking about because they're his sheep. So God has a commitment to the pastor to help that, to help the sheep. And many times he'll show you. And he said this, if I prayed long enough in the spirit, I would always find out why. Dad Hagen made this statement because he he would have um, 
of course, healing lines in his crusades. And there'd be hundreds of people in the line. He said, uh, 90% of, of them that I laid hands on hundreds. He said, I could tell you what was wrong with them and how they got that way. What's that mean? We don't need to be in the dark. If a man ministering to us can come into that kind of wisdom, how much more you should be in your own life. Ephesians 5 talks about don't be unwise, but know the will of the Lord. It's unwise if we're bumping up against a wall and we just keep, we just keep bumping and going. That's not wisdom. Amen. Faith advances. Faith receives. Hallelujah. And uh, so I want, I, right before we came out here, God directed me on the direction to take tonight. And it's about this. We can speed up or hinder the manifestation of what we're believing for. We can speed up, not the devil. The devil, can't, the, the devil cannot stop us from receiving, but we can get in our own way. We can either speed it up or we can hinder the manifestation. I don't know about you. I want to speed it up. Right? We can only, we can only receive at the pace of our faith. We can only move with God at the pace of our faith, at the measure of our faith. Jesus made the statement, didn't he say, so be it done unto you according to your faith. It's not according to him, it's according to your faith. So when we're not receiving as we ought, we need to address our faith. So be it done unto you according to your faith. So to advance faster, Faith must advance. To accelerate, faith must accelerate. God said for us, our congregation, because God will speak to pastors for their congregation for the new year many times. God said to us about 2023, flourishing faith. Why? Because there are some things that need to flourish in what we're called to. And in our course, some things need to flourish and not just linger. Amen. 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 Uh, we have to know this. The faith, uh, well, let me say this. God is the one who works the miracles. God is the one who works the healing. Your faith does not work it. Your faith opens the door to the one who works it. Amen. Amen but he can only work at the pace of our faith. He could go faster, but he can't go faster than our faith permits him. Romans 4 verse 20. It's speaking of Abraham. It says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Notice what strong faith does. It's a praiser. It's a worshiper. It's not a complainer. Faith, a, a faith, uh, the flow of faith knows nothing about complaint. If we find ourselves complaining, we know we're not in the flow that gets results. 
learn to run complaint out of your mouth. Because it will injure your faith and it will slow down the manifestation. Amen. I'm talking about complaint about anything. Anything. Faith is not a complainer, period. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory, giving glory, giving glory, giving glory, giving glory. Why was, why is faith strengthened giving glory? Because while you're worshiping God, many times you'll hear the wisdom of God for your need. While praising, while worshiping, he'll tell you, He'll give you directive. He'll give you corrections to make. Because you're in the, you're in a, that's a place of hearing is worshiping and praising God. Uh, Amen. And it says, uh, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, what God was, had promised, he was able also to perform. He's the performer and he performs it by his spirit. He's the performer. It's not you performing your healing. It's not up to you to feel better. It's not up to you to get pain out. It's not up to you. He is able to perform. Amen. The amplified translation of verse 20 says this. Amplified Classic says, No unbelief or distrust made him waver, undoubtingly questioned concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do. And to do. And to do what he had promised. God does not call you to do it. He does it. Strong faith is believing that God is the one performing what he said. That's strong faith. God is performing what he said in my life. That's what strong faith says. Strong faith is not trying to take the problem in hand and shake it out of your life and run it out. Strong faith is God's, God's dealing with that. God's working on that. That's strong faith that God's doing it. God's doing it. God's doing it. God's doing it. Jesus said, my father in me, he does the works. It's not your job to get a miracle. It's not your job to work a miracle. He's the worker. Faith says he's working it. He's working it. He's working it. He's working it it right now. He's working it. He's working it. And you say, well, I can't tell, but he doesn't, he doesn't begin the work in the natural seen realm. Yeah, that's right. It's in the unseen realm that it begins. Amen. Amen. Strong faith is not your faith trying to do it. Strong faith is believing that God is the one who performs it. Amen. The word tells us faith without works is dead. Right? Now listen, faith without works is dead, but we don't have faith in our works. We have faith in God's working, faith in His Word, faith in His power, and we do works based on what He tells us to do. 
It's not something we tried to coerce the hand of God by doing something and then trying to say, now we've earned this. Because you believe He's working, then what He tells you to do, you'll do. I mean, you know when He turned the water into wine? They had a work to do. What was it? Fill up the pot with water. Was that the miracle? Nope. Any work that He tells you to do is not the miracle. Amen. He does give you a work to do, but it's not the miracle side. It's the obedience side. Works on our side is strictly obedience. Our works do not heal us. Our works do not bring the miracle. He's the worker of it. He's the worker of it. All we do is what Morgan was talking about in the announcements about Stephen's uh, sermon. And he'd say, arise. That's what he told several that he ministered to arise. And in the arising, when they did what they could do, uh, then miracle power moved and met their doing. But it wasn't their doing that worked the miracle. It was God performing it. So don't, don't look at a miracle and say, this is hard. Not if you're not the one working it. If you're the one that's not working, it's not hard for you because you're not working it anyway. He's working it. Stay out of God's part. The devil wants you to get into God's part, touching into your thought life. How's he going to do it? When's it going to happen? Who's he going to use? Where's it going to come from? Stay out of God's part. Stay out of the performing side. He performs it. He performs it. Not my business how he's going to make that pain. Not my business. Not my business who he's going to use. Not not my business how he's going to answer that. Not my business. He's working it. And he doesn't need my input on his work. He doesn't need my suggestion. He doesn't need my counsel. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or, Or am I just singing a solo about my own past? We've all got to realize this because the devil wants to try to get you to try to take that miracle into hand and think that you have a role that you don't have. Amen. We don't confess the word to try to make it true. We confess it because it is true. It's already true. Yet the more we confess it, the more real it becomes to us. Years ago, I would have, Ed and I hadn't been married too terribly long. And um, I had gone to the doctor over some symptoms and they, they said, you need to go on some medicine. And, and they said, you know, basically it was an extended use of medicine. And they said, you know, once you go on it, uh, whenever you can come off of it, you just can't come off. It'll be a gradual, it'll be a process over time. And I uh, went back and I, in thinking, you know, not having my mind renewed, not knowing the things that we're learning. And I thought, if I take medicine, to see, I'm trying to help people. Because when people are believing for healing, they're trying to, how do I 
handle certain responsibilities yeah. toward that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And um, so I had the thought, if I take medicine that's showing, I don't believe I'm the healed. And the devil will energize the reasonings. And um, I had had a bit of a conversation with my husband and he made a statement. Now see, I, I said last night, someone else's revelation is not yours. You can, they can only tell you their revelation, but you hearing it does not make it. Only the Spirit of God can make that a revelation to you. you. Every revelation you get, you have to learn it yourself. You can hear it taught, but only the Spirit of God can make it more than a sermon. It becomes a revelation you can live off of. So Ed said to me the right answer, but it didn't land in me. Why? Because it wasn't revelation yet. But Ed said this to me. He said, honey, it's not the withholding of medicine that pleases God. It's faith that pleases God. But see, but when the devil is bombarding your mind and twisting things, you heard it, but it didn't land. Right, right. Amen. That's right. And I'm just trying to talk about the ABCs of how to oh, get yes. from yeah. one place to, to yes. get from need to miracle. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Amen. What is our steps in, in going from a need to a miracle? What's our side of it? It's adjusting your thought life. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is, is one of the aspects of it. And so he said to me, and you need to pay attention to this. It's critical. It's, it's truth. He said, it is not the withholding of medicine that pleases God. It's the exercising of faith. So basically, in light of that, you could withhold medicine and not be releasing faith. Yes, that's right. And you won't receive healing just because you withheld medicine. You can't force the hand of God. By saying, if I do that, you owe me this. But then you can... You can take medicine and use your faith. But this is where some of us get into difficulty is we take medicine and don't use our faith. Now that's, uh, that's dangerous because you're, you're bypassing the opportunity to gain skill and you need skill. We take advantage of every opposition to become skillful. Yes. Amen. Amen. So when people struggle, do I take medicine? Do I go to the doctor? Get off that part. Don't get tripped up over that because none of that is, is factoring in. It's the, it's the feeding and the releasing of your faith. Feeding and releasing of your faith. Your healing isn't going to flow because of natural. Now, no, don't misunderstand me. There may be times God will tell you, don't go to the doctor. Amen. He may tell you that. Then he may tell you, go to the doctor. But don't let the devil counsel you on your medical health. Because he'll always tell you, you don't have enough faith. He will always tell you, you don't have enough faith. Why? Because he's the accuser of the brethren. He'll accuse your faith of not being enough. So even though my husband said to me, honey, it's not the withholding of medicine that pleases God. It's the exercising of faith. So basically, he was telling me, 
Take the medicine, but use your faith. But when you have evil spirits working here, you can't just hear it and act on it. You got to receive. It's got to get in here. It's got to get in here. So I heard what Ed said, but because I was thinking wrong, it would not let me think right about what he said. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. And um, so I remember one day, maybe a day or two later, I would go aside and I was spending extra time waiting on God and the Spirit of God spoke to me. And he said, go on the medicine, but while you're on it, feed your faith. And he said, then I'll tell you yeah. when to come off. Amen. Yeah. Right. He does not offended that you maybe have medical procedures or medical things that are currently happening. That doesn't offend him. What pleases God is faith. But the devil wants to try to throw in all these other factors to make, to weaken your faith because he's accusing you. If you had faith, you wouldn't be needing this or you wouldn't be in the healing line or you wouldn't be going, you know, there's always so many different directions that that accusation can come from. And part of that, the devil will try to paint, is that um, if I get it wrong, sometimes these are life and death situations. And I, 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 want, to, I want to tell you something that Dad Hagen, who had the, in, in our generation, had the most revelation about faith and healing than, in, than anyone we knew of. There may be people in other countries who certainly were generals in this, but I'm talking about those who God had put us connected to. And uh, Dad Hagen said this. He said, if there's something critically wrong with you physically, he said, get in there and believe God and receive your healing quickly. And if you don't receive it quickly, get to the doctor because if you have enough faith to receive healing on your own, you'll, you'll receive it quickly. Now get that. In other words, don't let it just linger and linger and giving chance for that, that sickness to advance. And Now we're going back because, see, there's the balance side of this. Why is it? Because we're growing. We're developing. You know, the day you got born again, prosperity belongs to us. But the day you got born again is not, if you had debt, financial debt, that's probably not the day you got out of debt. The day you got born again. Right. It was a process as your thinking grew, as, as, as Brother Joe was talking about, as your sewing uh, yes. and all these other factors yeah. grow. Yeah. You know, you can advance out of debt quickly yeah. right. depending on how much attention you give to that. But um, same thing with healing. Don't limit God to the instantaneous. And if it's not instantaneous, you know, we let go of our faith. No, feed your faith. Keep using your faith, but don't let it offend you if you need medical help. Amen. Listen, divine healing is God's best. Absolutely. And we're preaching God's best. I just don't want you to get into fear and condemnation in the process as you're growing and renewing your mind and gaining revelation. Because we get, we get questions all the time. What do I do? Tell me what to do. 
you know, in these situations. You have a divine counselor and the Holy Ghost will counsel you based on your measure of faith at this moment in time. Amen, amen, amen. Listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. Don't listen to somebody who has been walking with God longer and saying, well, you shouldn't be taking medicine. You just listen to the Holy Ghost. He knows God better than anybody. Amen. Don't feel like you're obligated to do what somebody else did. Just follow your own heart condemnation free, accusation free. Why? Because your faith will not flourish with you living under a sense of condemnation because you're going to the doctor, because you're taking medicine. And listen, the devil will say, you've been saved for years. You have no business. You shouldn't even be needing medicine. Devil, your counsel is not part. Don't take counsel from your enemy. What, what winning general does that? Amen. So he told me, he said, go on the medicine, but feed your faith the whole time. And he said, and when your faith reaches the place it needs to be, I will tell you when to come off. There you go. It removes all the fear. He'll do, he did that for me. He'll do that for every single one of you. Every single one of you. He's not against you getting help through the medical field. But he's endeavoring to bring us all up into the higher flow yes. of divine health. Yes. Walking in divine health belongs to us. Amen. So it's our faith that determines. And I, well, and I did that for about, I don't know, maybe three, four months. Every day I fed my faith, but I released my faith. It doesn't do any good to feed it if you're not going to release it. Feed, release. Feed, release. Know this, faith is not a bottomless pit. Once you spend faith, you got to put more back in. You feed faith, you release faith. You feed faith, you release faith. You feed faith, you release faith. And I did that every day consistently. Consistency is key to manifestation. Consistency. To stop, to do it for a few days and then not do it for three weeks and then do it for four days and not, not even... Consider it for other days after. That that inconsistency hinders. Um, So my faith at the end of four months had grown to the place when the Holy Ghost said, you can come off the medicine now. Remember, the doctors told me you'll have to come off gradually. But the wording the Holy Spirit said, you can come off now. So I didn't go back to the doctor's counsel once divine counsel came. Right. Yeah. Right. My job is to know who to listen to. Yeah. Who do I listen to? The one who's doing the work. Yes. Yes. So I came off. There was, abs- and he said to me, he said, you'll have to stand your ground. But I want you to know there was absolutely no struggle in that standing because I had fed my faith. Now, I want to quote some. I want to quote something that Brother Hagen said. I want to quote something that E.W. Kenyon said. Brother Hagen made this statement. He said, realize that getting the answer or the manifestation may depend on you. The manifestation can come faster if the Word of God is strongly rooted in you. Yes. 
Pay attention to these words because this is, our miracles are connected to this. The Bible says, this is Brother Hagen. Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, your faith is stronger if you have a lot of the word in you. And then he said, that's the reason I don't even pray about some things for several days when I'm faced with a need until I have examined the word carefully on the subject. I keep examining the word and keep meditating on it. Sometimes I have gone for days meditating on just one scripture. After three or four days, I have found that faith was so strong in me, I could not doubt if I wanted to because the word had built something into me. What's that mean? Revelation, light comes. Then he said, Jesus, st- Jesus stated in John 15, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You see, it's after the word of God gets into you that you're able to receive, to pray effectively and receive. After the word. Why are you telling this? Because once we leave town, I don't want what you received lost. We have a responsibility toward cooperating to, with the one who performs it. Amen. Um, and I would say this to you. We speed up our manifestation of any miracle, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, any miracle by how we treat the word. By how we treat the word. E.W. Kenyon makes this statement. Our attitude toward the word determines the place that God holds in our daily life. The word should always be the father speaking to us. It should never be like the message from an ordinary book. It should be just as real to you as though the master stood in the room and was speaking to you personally. This word was designed by the father to take Jesus's place in his absence. The word imparts faith to my spirit. It builds love into it. God's only means of reaching me is through his word. So the word becomes a vital thing. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Kenyon's quoting, Wherefore, I also give continual thanks to God because when you heard from me the spoken word of God, you received it, not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, who himself works effectually in you that believe. Then Kenyon goes on and says, Only that living word in the lips of faith can take the place of an absent Christ. The word talks to us. It takes the place of Jesus. The word is the father speaking to us now. It has the same authority that it would have if the master stood in the room and spoke it. Faith in the father is faith in his word. The word takes on all that our faith demands. Jesus said, according to your faith, so be it unto you. As you consider the word and act upon it, it will become real to you. This book, the living word, has God in it. 
The Word takes the place of the unseen Jesus. Meditate in the Word. Meditation in the Word is like a visit with Jesus. Joshua 1.8, Kenyon's still quoting, God told Joshua to meditate in the Word day and night. In other words, live in it. Jesus said in John 8, 31, abide in my word. The word gets into your blood, into your system, and it becomes a part of you. Now that's how to speed up miracle manifestation. That's how to speed it up. The attention, what we're putting our attention on and the measure of attention we're giving it. Amen. So if we can speed up our manifestation by giving the word our attention, putting it in our eyes, putting it in our ears, keep it going. When you're getting dressed, have teaching going on. When you're driving the car, be listening. Why? Because your miracles are connected to that getting in you. So if feeding on the word gets, speeds up the manifestation, neglecting the word hinders and slows down the manifestation. And many times people are saying, I don't know why I'm not receiving. What place does the word hold in your life? God said to me years ago, I mean, I I was in my mid-twenties and uh, at the time, and I had had something with my back. And um, I just remember saying, you know, I I would give the half-hearted by his stripes, I'm healed, you know, sprinkled in throughout the day, you know. What, what Brother Joel and Pastor Amy were talking about this morning, wholeheartedness, half-heartedness, these kinds of things. And I remember I, I was driving down the road one day and said, God, why don't you just go ahead and heal me? Now, now you know your ignorance, right? Ignorance, ignorance. In other words, I was saying, you're not, you're not, you're not moving like you ought to be moving. Now, let me tell you what he said, because it shocked some people. He said, you're not hurting bad enough. He said, because if you were hurting bad enough, you'd do something about it. What was it that I had to do about it? Not run out pain, get word in. Get word in. So for the next three, day, next three weeks, all I listened to was Brother Hagen's, uh, Brother Hagen's teaching, calling those things that be not as though they were. I had the cassette tape. In the middle of my cassette tape, I love my cassette tape so much of that sermon. In the middle of it, mine had something probably yours didn't have if you ever had that message. Mine had a, um, it had a commercial in the middle of it. Uh, Avon commercial. An Avon commercial came in the middle of the recording. I don't know when somebody was duplicating, something got in it and, 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 this is so good. The Avon commercial came on in the middle of it, and it, it was just a little jingle. I don't know if you ever remember the jingle, the song. It said, look how good you look now. And I go, that's right, calling those things that be not as though they were. Look how good you look now, baby. I listened to that thing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. I wasn't really making many confessions. I was getting it in me, getting it in me, getting it in me. And it dawned on me at the end of three weeks, the pain was gone. And I don't know when it left. The water of the word washed it out. I didn't have to dig it out. 
I just poured in the water of the word and it floated out. Easy. Easy. And that's when God, now remember what God said to me, you're not hurting bad enough or you would do something about it. What was my doing? I couldn't work the miracle, but I could pour the word in. Pour the word in. Colossians 3, verse 16. Colossians 3, verse 16. I, th- I, I prize these foundational truths. I prize them. Never get tired of hearing it. Well, I'm just waiting for, you know, hands to be laid on me, this thing run out. It, it, that could happen. But what happens after? Amen. I, Pastor Terry Pearson's, there was something that was posted that she said, I love this statement. She said, Faith is a vital organ to your spiritual life. How, how long can you live without a vital organ? You can't. So thank God for these services. God's helping the vital organ of faith. Amen. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Say it. Richly. In all wisdom. So we can see this. Fullness matters. Measure matters. Measure of the word matters to a miracle. Even if, not, even if you were to receive through the gifts of the spirit of working of a miracle, to hold fast to that miracle, measure matters the measure of the word going in, the measure of the word that we're holding to. When the word is dwelling in a rich measure, uh, let, let me say it this way. If you were to go to my uh, kitchen at home and go look in the pantry, in the refrigerator, it is slim pickings. <laughs> slim pickings. There's, I mean, there's so little in there because I don't cook. If you're going to come over and cook at my house, good luck. It's, I'm going to see a working of a miracle because there's so limited supplies. And uh, we have one guy on our staff who, we have several good cooks on staff, but we have one guy who's pretty exceptional. And um, if he were to come to my kitchen and say, I'll cook you a meal, I'd say, use anything I got in my shelves. It's all yours. And because he's got a measure of skill, he could cook up something I couldn't find to cook in there. But if I stocked those shelves, if I stocked that refrigerator, the Holy Ghost, listen, he's faithful. If you give him very little work with, he'll work with it. He'll work with it. He will do everything he can. He will not get offended at your measure of of the word that's in you. He will still serve up based on what's in you to feed your life with. Amen. Amen. Because he can't feed your life with something that's not in you. So how good do we eat? How How well are the cells of our spirit stocked? But if I pull in that same chef 
and I stocked the pantry. I stocked the refrigerator, and I said, carte blanche, here you go. Buy anything you want. Stock. I'm going to eat good. Not because he became better, but because I gave him more to work with. The Holy Spirit never loses skill. He doesn't get better when our miracles show up or doesn't isn't doing his job just because we're not receiving. It's based on what we're giving him to work with. Amen. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. And again, I want to read out the Amplified on this. So if you have a device that lets you pull that up, you'll want to, you'll want to look at that. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Jesus is speaking, and he said to them, Be careful what you are hearing. Be careful what you are hearing. What should you be hearing? Where are you connected? That's what you should be hearing. Don't go out and hear random places where God has not connected you. We are all one in the body, but you know what? The toe is in the body and the finger is in the body, but they're not connected directly. They're indirectly connected. And we are indirectly connected to every member of the body, but there are some of those who are anointed to be right next to you. They're empowered, they're equipped to be right next to you. And that's where you feed, where God puts you and connected to you. So be careful what you're hearing. So you don't just click just because all these options come up on your, on your device. Don't do a free click for all because it's not for all. You will, you will live more accurately when you eat clean. You know what clean eating is? No additives. Just eat. Eat the real stuff. What's the real stuff where God told you to connect to? I'm not diminishing anybody else. It's just know where God's connected you. If it, your pastor is the first place God connected you, the primary place. You should feed on your pastor's materials more than you feed on any popular minister. Be careful what you're hearing because not everyone is anointed to speak into your life the way the pastor is. Aren't they all preaching the word? Yes, but it's not the same through random channels. So Jesus said, be careful what you are hearing. The measure, look at this, the measure, the measure, the measure, the measure, the amount, the measure of thought and study you give, you give, you give to the truth. What's the truth? The word. The word you hear will be the measure of virtue or that word is power. Will be the measure of power and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. So we determine the measure or the degree that power flows in our lives, not God. We do. We do. 
We can increase the measure of power flowing to our situation by increasing the flow of the word into our, into our hearts. That means we're not running around saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. I'm telling you, pour in more word. Pour in more word because in feeding on the word, you're hearing answers. And in the feeding of the word in that atmosphere, the Holy Ghost will speak to you. Just being in the atmosphere of being a student and honoring that word and pouring it in, he knows he's got your ear. And it makes you more perceptive. Amen. The, so the flow of the word in our life is affected by two things, the intake and the outflow. The intake and the outflow. Uh, the intake is feeding on it and meditating on it. I love something that George Mueller said, who was a, a minister. In, uh, he, was, uh, he had an orphanage in Bristol, England in the 1800s. He says, I don't read my way through the Bible. I meditate my way through the Bible. He said, because some just read it and just runs like water through a pipe. And he says, I meditate my way through it. Amen. What's that mean? Uh, It means don't turn the word into a a checklist that I've got to check off today. I'm going to read three chapters or how many ever and I'm going to get it in and I've got it checked off. No, it's what gets in you. What gets in you. You can't spend what you don't own. Faith comes by hearing, but faith does not operate by hearing. So there's the intake and there's the outflow of that word that has to happen. Amen. Mark 11. Anybody know anything about this? Mark 11. Let's go verse 22. Verse 22. Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. What a verse. He's telling you things will obey you. Talk to them. That's what verse 23 is. Things will obey you. Talk to them. Things will obey you. Talk to them. Things will obey you. Talk to them. That's what verse 23 is all about. Then verse 24 Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Verse 24 is telling you how to get your desires fulfilled. Yes. Yes. This is about your desires. What do you want to have happen in your life? You want to walk in divine health? This is about your desire. This is how to do it. Verse 24 is that. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm saying like verse 23. And I have desires that I've been saying, I believe I receive and I'm not receiving. And then go back to verse 22. Because verse 22 is in front of verse 23 and verse 24. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Where well, you going to get faith in God? Feeding on the Word. Feeding on the Word. Many times people are trying to work 23 and 24 and they haven't worked 22 yet. Jesus put 22 in front of that. Isn't that something how those numbers work? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, then uh, you, you would, the more we give ourselves to the word, the quicker our progress. If I, uh, y'all, y'all have done so much in this building to renovate. Um, 
there's been paint jobs going on, no doubt, right? What if whoever is doing the painting, and, and I don't know, did, was this room painted or the back room? This room was painted. Look at all the wall space. What if the, per, the painter says, okay, I'm going to paint until this is done. But he comes, he picks up the roller, and he does one swipe, puts it down. Says, I'll be back tomorrow. One swipe, puts it down. Next day, one swipe, puts it down. Is he, is he painting? Yes. But the measure. The amount of time. The application of that thing. Now, see, you do it, Morgan knows this, you do it at our ministry, my motto is we start, nobody goes to bed (laughs) till it's done. Because I'm a night person. I come alive at midnight. Here we go. And I don't let people go, go, go home. Miss Sharon, she's been on that. I don't know, Mar- Mary's been on things. But I remember when we redid the green room? Let me tell you about the green room. The green room was a hospitality room. Brother Hagen was coming to our building. We were getting ready for him. And this green room, it wasn't properly furnished. It wasn't finished out. And so I said, we got to get it done. We got to get it done. So I told Ed that morning, I said, we're going to be working on the green room all day. And I'm in all day. We're recovering, we're recovering cushions. We're painting. We're putting up drapes. We're sewing drapes with, with hot glue. You know, we're just, <laughs> we got, he's coming in two days. We got to get this thing slammed up. I mean, we just got to get it covered right now, you know. We go back. It's correct now, but, you know, it, it was just slam a jamma because we got to do it. But there was so much to do, and there was how many share? Maybe eight of us or something like that? About eight of us, and so all day we're working. Supper comes, we're working. Nighttime comes, we're working. About 2 o'clock in the morning, we're still working. Why? Because we're not done. Nobody goes, so it's done. That's my motto. Nobody goes. We lock the doors. You're not leaving. I don't like going halfway. And st- I, I'm project-minded. It's like, we're already here. Nobody leave. I don't care how tired you are. We got coffee. Yeah. I want to lay in bed and say it's done. Two o'clock in the morning. Two o'clock in the, it's about two o'clock in the morning. And we see lights, truck lights come by. I go, oh, I know those. <laughs> the door swings open, and one of the gals that was there with us goes, <laughs> starts spraying in tongues as hard and fast as she could. And I said, why are you doing that? Because she said, I know who's here. <laughs> I know who's here, too. I'm not afraid. The door swings open, and Ed walks in, pajamas on. (laughs) Hair standing up in the back. And he goes around. He doesn't doesn't say anything to me. I don't say anything to him. No, I, I know where I'm at. And he says to one woman, does your husband know where you're at? She says, yes, ma'am. Does your husband know where you're at? Yes, yes, sir. Your husband know where you're at? Yes, sir. How come that I'm the only husband? 
you do know where your wife is at because you know where to come. <laughs> I told you this morning where I'm at. I'm not out downtown doing something. I'm here. <laughs> Just, you know, husband and wife Very stuff. <laughs> he wasn't mad, I wasn't mad, but we had a good show. <laughs> And he drove off and I stayed there and we didn't know what we're not, nobody's going, we're not done. <laughs> because the quicker you apply everything you have, the quicker you reach the finish. They would have never gotten finished if there's the mentality of one stroke put the roller down, come back the next day. Another stroke, put the roller down. But many people have that approach with their health and the word. One verse, done. Yeah, 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 yeah. One, one, one little bit of feeding, done. Well, will, will, yeah, one service, one service, done. Will the room get painted one at a time? Yeah, but by the time you get to the end, that paint color has dinged up. It's become more dingy because it's aged so much by the time you got around that they don't even match anymore. That paint in the can has now gotten all separate. You got a mess now. It don't look right. We are the ones who determine how fast the finish shows up. Not God. Not God. And people say, well, thank God. I believe God, God can do a miracle in a moment. Yes, but can I tell you this? Most of every need of your life will not be met by a miracle moment. It'll be met by every day doing the same thing. Every day consistently applying the word. That's, that's miracles under control. Under the control of faith, God meets that faith. And you measure the miracle. Because a lot of religious people, it's all about God measures the miracle. No, you measure the miracle. And it's through our honor and wholeheartedness toward what we do have command of. And that's His Word. Amen. People think it's up to God. It's up to us. It's up to us because he's provided everything for us. I was going down a healing line uh, at one time and I was um, just laying hands on people, just laying hands. And I got to one man. God didn't tell me to say it to anybody else. And said, it, it, was, it, it was for healing. And the Holy Ghost said, ask him what scriptures he's standing on. Because he, he was part of that congregation. He was not, he'd been taught. God didn't tell me to ask that of anybody else. And uh, he's, the Holy Ghost said, ask him what scriptures he's standing on. So I asked him, I said, what scriptures are, are you applying and standing on for receiving your healing? He said, uh, not any really. I said, well, then this won't work for you. 
because it has to have your faith. See, no matter who lays hands on you, what kind of power, power has to meet faith. And there, there was no faith because he had no interest in his part of the application. He only wanted just God do everything, zap it, and we're all, gone, we're all done. And then people say, see, that stuff doesn't work. Well, you, people didn't work it. That's true. That's true. That's like a painter, a construction guy coming in and saying, this paint doesn't work. Well, you mean, well, I put the can in the room. <laughs> and I came back the next day, and it's still in the can. It doesn't work. No, there's an application of what's in the can. Amen. I love one of my one of my favorite stories with Dad Haken is when his daughter Pat Harrison, maybe about nine years old, she's getting ready to go back to the new school year. They always send them back then. I guess they still do to the school nurse to make sure that many times that's the only time children would see the, a doctor. Is at that time they just do a general type exam, nothing in depth, but just a general exam. And, and, and Mom Hagen said to Dad Hagen, said, there is a lump by, by, by Pat's eye, and she wants to know what to tell the, the nurse at school. And uh, Brother Hagen says, well, let's lay hands on her. So they prayed. He said, I prayed and released my faith, and he took my hand down, and there, that lump's just staring at me. Still there, didn't disappear. And so uh, he has to go on the road. So he's on the road conducting his road meeting, and him and Mom Hagen would write letters back and forth every day back then. And so about a, a short time later, Mom Hagen wrote him a letter and said, Pat is still asking what to tell the nurse because we believe in the power of God that's working, but she doesn't, she doesn't know that answer will satisfy because they're going to want to send her to an, a, a doctor. And so Dad Hagen said, give me a couple days. He's preaching two times a day. He goes back to his hotel room. He reads and feeds on healing scriptures for an hour. He sleeps an hour. He wakes up an hour and feeds on healing scriptures. He sleeps an hour. He did that hour on, hour off for three nights in a row. What's he doing? Well, that's what we're talking about. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear is the measure of power that flows back to you. What's he doing? He's increasing the measure of power that's flowing. That's what he's doing. It's not God who increases it. He increases it by the measure he's giving to the word. See, if we're not careful when we see Jesus the healer, which he is the healer, people get into this thought that he does it all. Well, he did do it all so that you could do your part. And so at the end of three days, he wrote Mom Hagen back and said, you tell Pat to tell her her eyes healed. And I don't know when it happened or when it transpired, but one day it was gone. Why? Not because he was a preacher. Not because he preached faith, but because he gave his attention and accelerated and sped up the manifestation by the, the, the application of that word into his life. Amen. Hallelujah. It's under our control. I said it's under our control. It's under our control. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad to know these are laws that are governed, the law of faith. 
it has very definite steps. It's not, cross your finger, cross, here, here we go, baby. I'm going to pray. We're going to cross everything. You know, twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are, you know? Ed, Ed was preaching in a church one time. Ed was preaching in the church one time, and the man's, uh, I don't know, Ed said something to the effect of, when I lay hands on you, will you be healed? And he goes, well, I hope so. And Ed said, well, this doesn't work by hope. And he said, well, I don't know. Am I? And uh, Ed said, well, what, what do you believe about this? He said, well, I believe if you hook your wagon to a lucky star... That's what he said. I believe if you hook your wagon to a lucky star, something will happen. Seriously. That's what he said and to the preacher. If you hook your wagon, where, well, where is your wagon? <laughs> is it anything about this fat thing that, what, what, what was the segment? Too fat to stay where I'm at? He, we meant fat with the anointing. We, I know, I know. Uh, but some people, I got my wagon with me. Can you see it? <laughs> you know. Hook your wagon to a lucky star. It's amazing how people imagine, it, meaning this, if it's your lucky day. If it's your lucky day. If it's your lucky day. Thank God we're not dealing on those terms. In, con in complete control, sowing that word, Put, release it, sow it, release it, sow it, release it. Amen. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we thank you. These are the places where people miss it. It's, not, it's nothing new to us, but these are the places where people miss it. This is the, these are the places where people become confused. The devil works on them and causes them to, if I could say this, holds them out of what belongs to them. Father, we thank you tonight. Let's just lift up our hands and worship the Lord. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.